Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of LOI Weekly. And it must be great to hear my crystal clear voice and that of Dan McDonald after last week's snow-inspired Skype episode. But Dan, we did our best, in fairness, we in tried. trying circumstances. Like, like good pros, Johnny. We, good we, pros. What a disaster, though. A shift. What yeah. an absolute disaster, then, subsequently, when we couldn't get to the pub to meet each other. The snow intervened. Was it Thursday night? It was Friday night, I think Friday it was. night. Yeah, I mean, who would have thought that in Dublin you were like 10 minutes? I mean, you really just should have just braved the snow and like, gone I did, for a walk. I did the, the, a couple of nights before, though, and walking home was a bit of a nightmare. And a couple of the lads there uh, had to walk for an hour and a half. Yeah. in the snow and for it was like a 15 minute walk effectively or well, about a half an hour walk an hour and a half so it was quite bad but um, we got through it I'm glad I'm glad it's over to be honest I'm glad it's over and I'm glad we football to look forward to because it was it was a tough enough it's strange we lost the whole to lose a whole weekend of fixtures at the at the start of the season mm. um, it's, I mean the, the fixture congestion is enough of an issue as it is in that first run but some teams are heading into a pretty epic month now you know even the couple of teams that are in the EA Sports Cup early rounds as well I know they'll be rotated you know mm. they'll rotate their squads and stuff but still if you're if you're sitting here now on what 7th or 8th of March and you've got um, maybe 6 games left this month it's going to you know it's going to test the limbs you know it's going to test the bodies and probably test the, the depth of, of squads at a very at a very early stage but yeah and um, big weekend to come big weekend to come and today's show to, to my left here is Stephen O'Donnell making his third appearance on the show and we're going to talk uh, over the phone not to Ollie Horgan, not to Daryl Horgan, but to Neil Horgan. Not, or nor Kevin Horgan or Colin Horgan. Kevin Horgan. All Horgan, the other Horgan. Colin Horgan. Is it the most prolific surname around the league at the moment? It's a lot of... Uh, yeah. And Ollie, of course, featured in a poll that we'll get to later as well. well we can deal with that. Yeah. And uh, we're, as ever, on Podcast Republic, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, Snapchat, LOI Weekly on Twitter. And we would always encourage you to give us a few comments and questions and to subscribe on iTunes as well, uh, which is important. And uh, it's important to have good guests. And we have Stephen O'Donnell. Stevie, great to have you back. Yeah, more appearances on this than I've had the dog for the last yeah. year or so. <laughs> I need, you're, you're too hard on yourself, though. You're too hard on yourself. But you're getting married. This is the big news. You you got engaged since you were last on the show. I big did, news. I did, I did, yeah. Yeah. Sound of my voice can't wait now to get organising. You know, yeah. really looking forward to it. But you, you it's left... It's great how you can apply cliche language to this situation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you left the date until late November so that your European, epic European run is over of 2018. Yeah, but if if we do go on to achieve great things, we'd still be going, won't we? Late That's November. That, of course it would, yeah. That is true. So, who knows? We cross that bridge when we come to it. Just actually on that, the way UEFA have made it ever more difficult now, they're obviously giving more money, but that run that you had in 2016 and for other clubs is becoming a fair bit harder. It is, yeah. I didn't. I haven't really uh, seen what the, what the new stipulations or the changes are, but um, obviously we have a tough... The way we're going to have to try and get there, I think you know it's going to be extremely tough in the sense. If any Irish team was going to do it, you would have said it would be by winning the league and maybe doing it the way we done it, it via uh, the Europa League. Yeah. Kind of. yeah, the Europa League route is the same for clubs. You still have mm. to win four rounds straight yeah. away. But the Champions League. Champions is League is just that they've basically reduced that Champions route from five teams to four, and it's they've added an extra round. So yeah, you would have to go through four rounds to to get there as opposed to three. Um, but the only, like the way, of course, this is all political, really. It's keeping the big clubs happy by having um, fewer, fewer smaller s- clubs, small clubs there. But at the same time, they're throwing around more cash. And also, the, the one thing is, we've done Doc lost to Rosenberg this year and just went out of Europe completely. Now the Champions League teams are guaranteed a second by the cherry right. in the Europa League, you should and, know all. And this. you go into a yeah, you go into a Europa League section with other champions as well, so you'll be in with the same type of team. Right. So the logic would be if you get say the champions this year, Cork were to get through the first round, they're going to be unseeded, I think. So it's still going to be very difficult. But then they were to lose, say, in the next round, they would go into the the third round of the Europa League. They'd have to win two. Yeah, but they yeah, but they would you would think or you would hope the higher your seeding that you might have a third round tie that wouldn't be as difficult mm. against teams that champions that were knocked out in the earlier rounds good so or bad news Dan but, I, it's, but it's, it's more money anyway well it, 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 I mean it's bad news in the Champions League dream route um, Europa League that, I totally agree with, with, with Stevie about the, the you know the the best route as has been proven by Rovers and Dundalk is to win your Champions League tie and then lose a tie and go into the. But even if round. they won the third round, say, would they have to go and win another round to get into Europa? I, d- I, I think yeah. I need to just share. I I think 
like that parachute straight into the Europa League if you lose your final playoff round is still there but I think yeah if you got to the third I think you then go into a tie mm. but you would be playing another team that was knocked out earlier I right, think in yeah. the in the Champions League so um but there is more money. I mean, this is the thing. I mean, there's there's there, there, there's a new round, there's a new cycle of UEFA prize money coming this year. Which is partly why the Dundalk investors got involved. Well, but, I mean, the Dundalk last year, for, again, the Rosenberg tie, um, uh, you know, I think when you add it all in, it was something around 550, 600 grand or something like that, the club gets. Stevie probably knows the bonus percentage or something, he can tell you. There were no but, bonuses. But this year, I think with Cork, you know, if they were to lose even the first round tie, just let's say they lose, but they're still going to be guaranteed around 800 grand. So, like, the value you're winning the league now is substantial and that Europa League figure is 215,000, I think it was last year, just for qualifying. For, you know, if you, if you lose, like Derry did in the first round, that's going to go up again. So, the difference between finishing, you know, third and fourth in the league or, you know, know winning a cup or not winning a cup you know in terms of european places is it's just getting bigger so i mean for the likes of the dock and cork and probably rovers it gives them a certain bit of certainty about their budget and planning and to be ahead of the other teams definitely but, yeah um europe is just it's europe is becoming as big as winning the league for 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 yeah. investors running clubs maybe not for players but for for um you know, for sort of money men and people involved with clubs that, that, you know, it's as good as winning a league almost just getting into Europe. Well, you see, know? it makes it a lot more um, kind of achievable in terms of running a club and paying, you know, making a League of Ireland club commercially viable now is a lot easier, Steve, you would say, like when there is such European money there, like 400 grand is a lot of money for a League of Ireland club. Yeah, it is, but I think the cost of running a League of Ireland club are getting more expensive as well, you know, in order Underage for... age and all that. Yeah, exactly. And in order for you to have realistic chances of qualifying, of doing well in Europe, obviously the caliber of player, caliber of player you're bringing in needs to, be, needs to be better. So that comes with... You have to pay, you know, you pay for what you get. So everything is sort of going up and up. And, you know, you also have a case now of where basically the 52-week contracts are... Gradually come becoming the norm, nearly well, not becoming the norm, but you'd Hopefully like, you'd like to think in the next year or two that mm. you'll be going back to that. So, the cost of running clubs will probably go up also. So, you know, I saw you spoke to, to Gavin and the dog sport, and you've said it's the best squad since you're at your time at the club. Is that just a reference to the depth of the, of the squad? That yeah, you have there, the uh, yeah, that's to the depth. Yeah, without doubt, it's the it's a squad with the most depth, it's the squad team you could make the most changes to and it wouldn't matter what players came into the team and and this team still be very strong it's it's the squad where the manager's going to have to leave three or four very good experienced players up in the stand let alone be on the bench if everyone's fit mm. so without doubt strength and depth wise um the squad, yeah, it's definitely the the best it's been. Does, does that present its own challenges, though? Because a couple of years back, I think of the year that you brought in, I think Benson and, and McElhenney, and just towel went out. It was quite pretty settled. You know, the, you could almost pick the team most weeks. Actually, maybe in midfield, it'd be the odd bit of competition there. But is it is it a bit more challenging when you have those personalities to try and keep happy then? Because there are going to be unhappy people every yeah, week. Yeah, it is. But also, on the other hand, we're coming into a schedule now where we have five games in the next 13 days, I think. So, you know, that's that's going to be huge, having a big squad like that. A couple of years ago, I think we we might have had an like, unbelievable season, never mind on the pitch, but off the pitch regarding players saying injury-free and that, you know, the last season yeah. or two maybe has reverted back maybe more to the norm where we've had and then we've been a bit we've been a bit light so um look all the top clubs have big squads and it's a great headache for the manager to have. But you, you know. don't see Cork changing their team as much. Like the, the debate in Cork is if all the forward midfield players are there, probably Buckley or um one of the strikers maybe loses out, whereas you have all these midfielders just kind of fighting for two or three positions, not to mind the rest. How do you keep if you bring in Adarjan and bring in Chef Dukas, how do you keep them happy, um, given their background, if they're not playing? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, luckily, I, I won't be involved in that or in charge of that. But um, yeah, it is it is a very good point. But, um, you know, I think everyone's realistic enough to know also, like, if they're playing well or not themselves, even in training, and when they do get an opportunity to... Uh, if they're playing well enough in games. So it'll all even itself out. There's more games this year as well. Um, as you said about Cork, they, they had a good run probably last year, even injury rise with that midfield three. You had McCormick, Morrissey and Buckley played most games. Every, yeah, so, 
you know that remains to be seen if that happens again all well and good for them but you know if if you get say two 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 injuries in that midfield what happens then you know so O'Donnell in like Cork don't have the squad to win the league <laughs> shocker no but what yeah. I'm saying is that's a fair l- point look though. the seasons take on their own sort you know you can be, have a great season and have no injuries you can also have a season where for some unknown reason, four or five, four or five of the starting eleven of the so-called starting eleven could be struck down, injured, and then you know all of a sudden you could be light. You know, whereas I'd rather have too many than not enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in terms of the the big snow, um, I guess it was one of the times where actually having the pitch in Oriel has been sort of hailed as a as a great asset because I think other clubs were affected. Even you listen to people speaking about just getting back out training and stuff, whereas you actually got to play Warren Point in a game on Sunday and you got to play yourself. So it actually ended up being yeah. somewhat useful, did it? Did yeah, it exactly. Break? If you had a grass pitch, obviously there would have been no chance of playing a half decent game. Whatever you might have got some sort of pitch, but I doubt it would be in great shape. Whereas we had a proper game on Sunday morning you know against Warren Point so pitch was obviously A1 and um, you know it was a great help for all them lads um, that haven't, didn't play say against Limerick um, everyone played you know we had a strong starting 11 so it was great for all of us to sort of get a, get a game in What's your what's your housemate situation at the moment? You've had you've had quite a, a few across your time in the yeah. dock. So who's who's in with you now? Uh, it's me, John Mountney, Carlos, uh, or Chef Dukas, and uh, Stevie Folan. So Stevie Folan's a bit of a messer, is he? Why did you say that? Everyone in Galway when they were interviewing the program said he was the biggest messer in the squad, pretty much. Oh yeah, well scoring goals. Maybe it hasn't come out yet. Maybe he's still a little bit shy, but ah, he's a great lad. But um, yeah. we love a bit. The, we love a bit of the exotic and the uh, erotic. Like you know, tell us about these uh, these <laughs> foreigners. Chef Dukas living with the boy, uh, the Lithuanian holding midfielder. Yeah, I wouldn't call him a holding midfielder either. Sorry, yeah, that's yeah. He was a bit defensive for Lithuania, I think, when he came oh, on against he, yeah. England. But um, Stephen Kenny, I think, all, I think all, all eleven were defensive. Yeah. Were they? <laughs> against it was eleven. I think it was eleven defensive <laughs> midfielders or six T- defensive midfielders. Tell us about uh, him anyway. Yeah, Carlos is, um, you know, good player. I think he'll suit the League of Ireland very well uh, in the in the sense he's got great legs and he's very tenacious and that, and he won't. He won't shy away from the the physical aspect of it, you know, the tact and obviously, and and the high tempo probably of of the League of Ireland compared to maybe some leagues that he's played in in Europe, you know. So, you know, I think he'll be able to adapt very well to to the League of Ireland. You know, I think it's going to suit his game. He got dosed by that flu, didn't he? Though. Oh yeah, yeah, he got an awful. He got an awful. He was in bedridden for six days, and I mean. That's bad. I mean, didn't yeah. get off the bed for six days. Right. Were yeah. you kind of a Florence Nightingale figure? Or? Yeah, I was yeah. checking up on them or that. A few of us were, but um, first time I've ever been called Florence Nightingale. <laughs> I do, first time for everything. But, but like, uh, where, where are you like, you know, making the tea and sort of thing? He couldn't even drink tea. Oh, oh this was, this this was, was, this was one of the worst I've ever it seen. It wasn't though. like man flu then. No, it was, it was this a, was in a bad old way. Oh, like. a terrible way. Terrible yeah. way. Worst of... Like didn't leave the room for five days. Poor it's fella. A terrible I've never feeling. experienced the flu. Not not to that extent. No, I just I'm straight down to the doctor to get antibiotics. I don't care. People say you shouldn't. I'm like I'm not dealing with this. I'm just getting antibiotics. And normally within a day you're more or less back on the road. Yeah, I think he was. He was onto our doctor, but probably that it had set in by that stage. Yeah, and tell me the boy Adarjan. Uh, he's been impressing with his hair and his tights and all that. Yeah, um, but. Uh, Technically, he must be one of the better players you've played in the league. Ah, yeah, he's technically brilliant, you know. Um, there's no doubt about that. We saw that the first time when he came over to... Um, he met us over in Spain and we played uh, played two games against the Chinese team and the Korean team. And, um, you know, technically he is um, exceptional, yeah. Tag Bajumi? Tag Bajumi, yeah, big, strong player. Um, you know, looks like he's going to be a real handful uh Big athletic boy, you know, strong, gets his body in and that, and, and can move, you know, uh, well over six foot. So, um, you what know. they make it Dundalk, these people, you know? Um, they, Seem they, to be enjoying it at the yeah, minute. Um, haven't really learned the ins and outs of the place. Why are you saying once they do, they won't enjoy it? Well, what are you insinuating there, yeah. John? Ah, I'd, say be, I'd say it'd be an interesting change for somebody from Hungary and, you know, Lithuania, wherever they've been to. Well, Arajan was in Albania, I think, for the last... That would be... Yeah, he was on loan. Five to six months, I think. Mm. And they've all travelled, pretty much. Mm. Um, I mean, have you... I know, like, you just travel to trips and stuff like that. Have you heard much about their respective careers and what the, you know, where they've been around the way or those stories? Yeah, I was talking to uh, Christian about... He played, obviously, Serie B. 
And he was just saying about how um, how defensive it was, like kind of teams play four four two with basically their wingers being central midfielders, right? And if they manage to nick a goal from a from a set piece or somehow manage to score, that'll do them. And if not, nil all, nil all's not a bad result. I can't imagine said, that would suit him. From no, what I've seen no, him. no, no, no. So yeah. he was just saying just how like basically dogs of war, you know, in Syria B and how. How negative it is! Like every team is setting out not to be beat, rather than going out to try and win a game. You know what do they make of it so far, standard wise? I've never, I'm not really spoken to them and asked them about it. I think, um, I think they're they're happy enough. I've not really gone in depth asking them. You know about. I think sometimes we can we uh, we can all like um, always downplay our league and downplay our players. You know what I mean and. I've sort of gone beyond the stage of asking people what's it like standard wise because I kind of know myself. You've enough faith. It's, yeah. it's a decent standard. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. your you got, your own situation. You you played obviously on Sunday. Um, are you facing effects to start against Cork in the live game on Air Sport? Well, I've no injuries. Yeah, so that's always a positive when it comes to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can I just ask you um, from the the exotic erotic Dublin uh, Dan Cleary as well, who's come back and. And he was he was pretty he was pretty pretty good. Well, I mean that's, that was your ter- that was your term, Johnny. Uh, Dublin has plenty of that. He looks to be a bit of a player, like you know, I mean, he has a great sort of pedigree, I guess, and mm-hmm. his Liverpool background. But what have you what have you made of him so far? Oh, he's come in, and uh, obviously, um, he, we had I think we're we're three of our centre backs out injured. There's definitely a couple before gone before the Bray game. Yeah, they had kind of the bug as well. Some of them had. Well, yeah, the Garden Harbour. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Fine. Stevie played right centre back and Dane played left centre back against Bray. Uh, so Dan came in a couple of days before that game and then obviously played um, against Shamrock Rovers and and against Limerick and really hadn't put didn't put a foot wrong. And Actually I, had a great chance against Rovers. Yeah, yeah, dropped him and technically very good as well. So you would have been fancying him, but uh, he's done brilliantly. You know, not an easy game going to Tally for your first game. You've only been with the squad for around seven or eight days, and uh, you know he's very cool and collected and was uh, was excellent as I said didn't put a foot wrong and then obviously we beat we had a good win against uh, Limerick and again the same you know didn't put a foot wrong so he's done like done brilliantly since he's come in because I was just reading uh, Owen Stokes did a piece with Aidan Fitzmaurice and the Herald just talking about getting away from fake football in England He's as he called it under 23 football you're playing with kids you know just playing matches that don't really have any significance all the time and is that something you experienced yourself that when you were when you were at Arsenal that any games you played at that sort of underage level it just wasn't men's football it, it was, yeah it well was, it reserves and that it's it's there's nothing that can prepare you for you play reserves uh, you make a mistake even the crowds are obviously the crowds are just there to watch there's no diehard supporters as such no edge, at a reserve guess, game yeah so you make a mistake there's no backlash you know there's no like you lose a game it's more development than anything whereas you're playing then you go play senior you're playing with men you're playing in front of crowds your home crowd are demanding make mistakes crowd might get in your back you know it's a totally different thing but some people on the other hand now some people love playing under 23 football for their whole life you know <laughs> yeah I mean? yeah like no, the lad who's in college forever like. exactly because there's no <laughs> yeah. there's no pressure that you know so there's no consequences whereas you know, other people uh, really motivates them. It gets it gets them going. You know, playing first team football. I think for Sorry someone like you know, for someone like I think Dan and coming back and you, you know, he went to Liverpool as a kid and it always follows him around. He's always like ex Liverpool. You know, yeah. like you're ex Arsenal. But it must still be. I don't know. It's daunting the word, but just to get into that real world and suddenly realize you're no longer at that club anymore. That that part of your life is is gone and I assume the first six or 12 months after that is the real ch- I know he was at Birmingham before then but it's a real challenge just to leave that behind and accept that it's that it's, that it's gone I guess at that place yeah I think it, it would be but I think it, it would be sort of overshadowed more so by the probably made to be the excitement of going playing as I said first team football it, which, yeah. you know because you know deep down you're not a proper well underage and reserves like you can't say I play for Liverpool or I play for Arsenal. Like you play for Liverpool or Arsenal's under seventeen or under nineteen yeah. team and reserve team. Yeah. Whereas you're going now, you can sort of stand on your own two feet. You know, playing first team now, you're a proper sort of player. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. Whereas yeah. when I was at Arsenal, I always thought I don't play for Arsenal. I play for the underage structure and the reserve team, but I could never say that I'm an Arsenal player. You know, because you've never played first team or that. So. Mm. 
you don't play for 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 the first team. You don't play for that for that club as yeah. such. You, whereas now you're playing proper football. You're a Dundalk player. You know you're in the League of Ireland. You're you're playing proper football now. It's where you can sort of call yourself a, a bit of a footballer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just just on that as well. We had we had a great weekend Dan, for the ex League of Ireland players going into yesterday as well with Kevin Owen Doyle rather uh, scored with three goals from. Uh, unbelievable from McGuire. McGuire. We had yeah, another yeah. contender for his goal reel from McElhinney, yeah, his first <laughs> goal for Oldham. But Daryl Horgan as well, you're well, in touch. It came off his arse basically. And what, it was a Jack Byrne shot. To what a goal. I, I saw it on the highlights, but uh, you know, they all went over and celebrated with him as if like he had a big role in it. Um, yeah. But he kind of ducked out of the way. The yeah. first scruffy goal he's ever scored. Ever scored. scored. <laughs> yeah. But you're, you're in contact with the two boys, your ex uh, teammates, obviously. What's the vibe from over there? Obviously, McElhinney, he's hopefully now just getting going. Well, obviously, Fats went over and then he was just getting ready to rock and roll, I think, for January and he, he pulled his quad. So uh, that was unfortunate for him. And he's been basically, it's probably took a little bit longer than expected. It was a nice enough uh, pull, I think. So he's been chomping at the bit for ages. So obviously, coming on after, I think he came on after an hour against Oldham or Scunthorpe, against yeah. Scunthorpe for Oldham. And, um, you know, that'll set him up. As like it doesn't really matter how the goal went in, you know. As it stands, he went down on air, on Teletext as being the yeah. Goal you've scorer, you know? played your ha- you've made your debut, you've played a half an hour, and you've got a goal. You know what I mean? So it's a great way from to start. T- teletext, you still checking the scores and Teletext ah, on Saturday the Saturday afternoon. Yeah, you know, you <laughs> page three hundred one. You just especially yeah. if you didn't have like um the two pages it was just one page you'd be just waiting looking at it waiting for a goal to go in like no then, or then you, or do you, know you walk out of the room and you come back and it missed the page you were <laughs> yeah, waiting for it. Like, yeah. one, it of thir- th- one of 30 it goes, <laughs> it's an absolute disaster yeah. particularly for the old betting back in the day when that was the only way you could get the odds was on um, um, actually genuinely I before the internet I, I remember like. watching a race in running I think on teletext Jesus yeah. but um, Horgan as well obviously he's found it a bit tougher this season but um, you, you, you're pally with him as well, and yeah, I was chatting to him a few weeks ago. So, you know, it is it's frustrating for lads. Obviously, everyone wants to play every week, so it's just a case of um, you know, Horgs, I suppose, having to bide his time, and um, you know, when he does get an opportunity, take it. But it just shows you like there's um, fine margins. You know, it's not all black and white. There's a lot of fine margins, kind of everywhere in football and over there as well. You know, change of managers and any like you know. A, one manager signed Horgs and then another manager came in, you know, so... Um, but you that know, manager has a lot of faith in Maguire. And well, it's ironically enough, Maguire coming back has pushed mm. Horgan off the bench. I mean, when we yeah, were over there in Preston, because there, there was the young Irish lad, Adam O'Reilly, on the bench, a 16-year-old yeah. at that time, we were speaking to people there who were saying that Neil just likes to balance his bench with like two defenders, two sort of yeah. more defensive, or, you know, midfield players and then two attackers or whatever it might be and it looks so like, Maguire has um, basically just come back and taken Horgan's place whereas Horgan in the previous couple of games had actually been first sub off the he bench came so against Villa and he came on against Villa he came on in a couple but of games the, the funny thing about Maguire's injury it's was it looks so. like it's kind of played to his strengths now because he got a break and he's come back he wouldn't agree with that himself yeah. but, but it, it, there's certainly an argument three goals in 50 him. minutes odd and three really big goals like yeah. and really Maguire type goals well, as well. The, well the fact is he's playing through the middle now and basically you watch the goal he scored against Bristol City last night I don't know if everyone has seen it but he's basically playing in the championship like he was playing in, in the League of Ireland in the sense that you know it's just the type of goal we've, we've seen him score here before going through the middle but um, they have a real playoff chance though they do they're close enough mm. they're a point off Middlesbrough I think and um, there's there's definitely one I mean that, I think they're only four points off Derby now as well and ten games to go and that division it's all about momentum and him coming back just seems to have given them something. But, I mean, we've sp- we speak about it so many times on, on, on this show. And when you consider, like, a couple of years ago, he was nearly done with football, you know. And it's the, it's the margins. And, and, I mean, you were there with him at the, at the dock. I mean. you know, it's, it's, it's confidence it's, as well. Confidence is huge. Um, uh, going back to you, I think, to, to, like, uh, you don't wish an injury upon anyone. But I think the injury, happened, obviously, maybe not as severe he would have maybe wanted a little less time off but I think well he would have been playing for nearly but that's what I'm saying I think a month out would have been yeah. would have been perfect from you know mm. because I don't care like when you're playing that level and obviously he was going for the well he was playing Cork were winning the league and that playing high te- European game straight over to playing champion, championship matches you know you're going to hit a wall at some stage exactly, so exactly yeah so I think you know obviously as I said you wouldn't 
you probably wouldn't have wished to be too how long was he out for three months was, was it, it? Three, three to four months yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a month off or so would have been perfect but as you said he's coming back now for the business and fresh as a daisy how how far will McElhenney go if he can get uh, a clear enough run and that's obviously a bit of a proviso with him because no more than yourself you know you've been injured more often than you'd like but he's have kind of been more of the just niggly maybe mm. nature but how far can he go ah, he's like Fats, like everyone knows the ability Fats has. Not often you can get a lad who's powerful runner. Um, he's over six foot strong boy. Can play turn off his left or right peg. Can play 40, 50 yarders with his left peg as well as his right. Can chop balls, strike balls with his left or right edge of the box. You know what I mean? He takes all, it takes a lot. Of how the far boxes. can he go then? How far will that sure, take? It's it's too unpredictable. You can never you can never predict. All you can see say is what you see in front of you. He's got supreme talent, so you know you you can't you can't predict how. As I said, it, it, there's fine margins over there too. A manager takes a shine into you, as we saw with Shawnee a couple of years ago, where he was to where he is now. Confidence plays a huge issue. How things break for you, you know that's a great break for Fats now on Saturday with the goal. You know gets gets him off to a flyer. And if he can concentrate now and having a, a great run into the end of the season, it'll set him up, up lovely for next season. But all you can go on is talent, and obviously Fats is he's up there with the, he's up there with the with the best. Was, he, was he the, the best player you played with talent wise in the league of Ireland? I, I you'd have to say naturally gifted. Yeah, without doubt he'd he'd have to be right up there because as I said, listed out his sort of attributes and that and. Um, you know they don't grow in trees in the League of Ireland. They don't grow in trees anywhere, a lad. They can mm. can do all them things, you know. So um, as our woodwork teacher used to tell us, timber doesn't grow on trees, you know. <laughs> but um, <laughs> right, well, I think I think with Dundalk, Cork in mind, and we've we got to move on. We should get the view from Cork. I think we've got to move. We will be accused now of of taking some kind of. Well, I was on uh, some kind of Dundalk agenda here. I was on, I was on off the ball this morning um, with. Um, with Oshin Langan, and he just slated me over like I'm real anti John Caulfield and anti. But he's a Cork. He's a Cork fan. He's a Cork fan from Waterford, yeah. which is like an identity crisis. Uh, I'm not sure about that now. I mean, he. I think he went to college in Cork. Uh, that's that's, beside, that's I'm by the by. Into that, but there's no anti Cork bias for me whatsoever. No, just, just no. let me clarify this. I said that Cork, when Maguire left last season, were consistently. Oh, we're not doing this very very, very poor, but I've now tipped them to win the league. Um, Stevie, you, you did no laugh at that. Of course, he featured in the the, the racing post in the the first uh, day of the season, in which I tipped Cork, you, and I haven't been wrong you, so you far. You performed in an about turn. It's like you're like a I did. It was it was that Presidents Cup day in the snow. I changed my mind, but um, it's going to be Friday's game is going to be massive. It's good, and we should we should uh, I think we should check in with Neil Horgan now and see what the view is down there. Neil, how are you keeping? Great. Um, you mentioned something in a book about Stephen O'Donnell. What was that? Oh, he was a great player, obviously, yeah. and he's a great player. <laughs> yeah, that, that was about the, the the extent of it. Well, move it, on now, Johnny. Seen always in a book, like it's in the public domain. I don't even know what this is. What was? You have to go and buy it, Johnny. I think. Uh, that, that's fair enough, Dan. You've <laughs> praised both books very, very I have, highly. I have available in. <laughs> all good bookstores no available in, in some bookstores if you ask them in advance I, I reckon but you know it's, Thanks, Daniel. it's, it's a good read how are you getting on anyway great great enjoying the season as, it, as it's starting you know it's all very exciting for everyone I'd imagine yeah and you'll be on duty with air for the live game on Friday and um, just saying this to a few people before uh, obviously the fixers were gone at the weekend but I know there are four games between the two teams, but Dundalk can't really afford to lose this game in some respects. Um, it's still very early, you know. I think, you know, it's so early. As, as I was listening to John Caulfield uh, giving an interview yesterday, and he's right, it, the, the league is a marathon, not a sprint. So I, I wouldn't say they can't afford to lose it. I, I think it's very early, but if one team wins, it'll be, you know, a real a real boost for the season to come. I suppose if you were looking for anyone who could gain more out of winning it, it would probably be Dundalk. Neil, you've been through sort of the various, you know, various cycles down in, in Cork from sort of the peaks to the, you know, to the to the lows. And there was I think six and a half thousand people at the opening league game against Waterford, which is a pretty incredible turnout, really. Um, what's the sort of mood on the ground around the club down there? Because I, I guess being double champions brings a different type of expectation going into this year but it, I don't know it seems to have gone okay so far in terms of how the public have reacted to it Yeah I think the mood is, is, is very good um, I think not only on the field of play but off it 
when you see the likes of you know Colin Healy getting involved with the underage structure there, um, Billy Woods, Liam Kearney, Dan Murray, um, Cormac Cotter, who would be an old player from from the ninety three ninety four team. I, I I know this has been replicated around the league with all the clubs, and and, and it just shows you know that there's there is room scope for these clubs to grow, particularly Cork City with the crowd that you're talking about there. Um, I think. John has done very well coming into this season again with his replacements and, and the fans have, have recognised that and, and we're always excited with new players the likes of Barry McNamee particularly has started very well and obviously Graham Cummins scoring goals. So th- things are really flowing well for, for the team and, and the club at the moment really. Tell me, tell me Neil, as a, as a right back, how would you have enjoyed uh, preparing to play someone like Kieran Sadlier? Yeah, he, he's tricky. He's very tricky. I, I suppose myself, I've spoken to a few fullbacks recently about this. It, it comes down to if you're a fullback who enjoys a guy with pace or, or doesn't. Uh, I think he's got a bit of both, Adler. Um, but but um, I, when I was playing, I, I used to, it was Wesley Hoolan was kind of a tricky player. He I'd was say, all right. I'd yeah. say Ollie Cal had, was the guy who could run 100 metres in, in in less than 10 seconds almost. So I, I used to, because of the kind of fullback I was, I used to prefer marking Hoolan than, than Cal. So so I, I think, look, Sadler, he's a very exciting uh, player. I, I think John has really backed him this year, saying, you know, he, he's, he's becoming one of the the main men for Cork City and so far he, he's shown that you know Stevie you've really lost the uh, head to head battles in the last sort of I think the last seven um, whereas it used to be the other way around the, the, the pressure is on you know in these four games that you have to at least get parity or something because I know it was only the President's Cup but like to blow a lead like that um, it must be slightly demoralising you know so Cork probably go in there thinking we've the upper hand here yeah well obviously in, in recent head to heads they, they have had you know um uh, yeah, there's no doubt about that, but uh, you don't want to be losing too much ground. Obviously, the four head heads are crucial, but I think this year, more than any year, there'll be points dropped more so than last year, say. Do you think so? Yeah, I do. Look, yeah. even looking at Bray and Limerick, you, you beat Limerick 8 0 the other day, Bray lost 6 0 Rovers. Yeah, I just think. Other the, way around. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, uh, sorry, yeah. I just think the other teams. Um, I think I was right, actually, wasn't I? No, Limerick lost 8 0. And Doc. Yeah, and Bray lost six, six in a rover. Yeah. That's what I said. No. <laughs> I just think the other teams will be there. There'll be good games. I think that the the Friday side, the league will take a lot more shape after this um, five games in in space thirteen fourteen days. The five league games, obviously, with the with the weather one called off. You know, that's another one mm. into the mix. So I think after them, after them five games, you, you'll see you'll see the league. Table but taking wh- a lot more wh- shape. What's happened though there, Neil? Like because you know, even in the cup final last year, Dundalk sort of dominated the ball, but didn't really look uh, like they were going to put that on the scoreboard. And Cork ended up winning. It just looks like Cork have found a way to get over the Dundalk juggernaut. Yeah, in fairness, they were waiting waiting a long time to get over Dundalk, and, and, and Stevie and the lads were. In fairness, you have to say they they brought the league to new levels. Um, when they were winning the league and and, and still are, are, are a very high level. So um, Cork, I think, were brought up um, to a higher level by chasing Dundalk over those three or four years where they were second place, losing cup finals and eventually got over the line. Um, like, I know myself, we, we won a league and found it very hard to win a second one. Dundalk, what they did was incredible. So there there there, there is a burnout factor. You do lose players um, you know, so I think Cork did benefit from that. Um, now Dundalk have come back a bit stronger this year, I would say, with the signings that they have, and and in that eight nil win last week, you saw a very exciting team. Um, so it's all up for you know debate again this year. Two very strong sides, and I, I'd agree with Stevie. I think that because I suppose the limited amount of clubs in in the league this year, down to um, ten clubs, I think it does make every every team slightly stronger. And you you will see more of a kind of um, open league, albeit you might probably still have the, the the main contenders at the top. Neil, we spoke a bit before you came on just about Shawnee Maguire and how incredibly well he's done, and I suppose how well he's doing now emphasises just what a loss he is to Cork. That you had a a player there last year of a you know championship standard at least um, played in the league. Now Graham Cummins has come in. That was a big talking point as to how you replace Maguire's goals. I'm guessing you worked with a, a younger Graham Cummins, I think you would have overlapped. Yeah. Um, t- tell me a bit about a, the qualities then and, and what you see in him now. 
Well, Graham has come back actually a, a better player, I would say. He, when he went over, he was an excellent player. We won the first division in, I think it was 2011, with a kind of up-and-coming Cork City after liquidation and all that. Um, and Graham scored in the last day of the season that day against Shells, you might remember, for yeah. us to go up, which was fantastic at the time. Um, but he, he's even in his interviews that I hear him, he's, he's, you know, he's become more professional in the way he talks. Um, he's thirty. He was a bit old when he went over anyway, but he's come back. He's much more. Um, I would say he looks leaner and more physical. Um, he, he was physical anyway, but the type of player he is. When I was a fullback and we were playing, I suppose a kind of in the first division back then, you'd play a limited kind of game to, to to win results. You could hit the ball into the corner, and he'll 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 run all day long for you. He'll work very hard, and then he he'll pop up in the box, and he's a very good finisher. So look, he started fantastically. And um, the great thing about him and and Pat Hoban and fairness for Dundalk is that you know they both know the league inside out. Um, with Graham, I know that he he'll feel that he he'll have a point to prove back in Cork to be you know um, thought of amongst the kind of Premier Division strikers that we've had because he he hasn't played in the Premier League really and and done and done well with the club so he'll want to be mentioned with the likes of Pat Morley, Kevin Doyle and, and the likes and 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 he. In order to do that, he'll have to win the league with Cork City in the Premier Division. He just wouldn't want to score more goals than Pat Morley for the old record. <laughs> That'd um, be tough fun. Um, just, just on the, the the Cork the Cork thing that fascinates me, and I've spoken to John DeLevy about this uh, bit, and he seems completely in the dark. If Cork have all the, those forward and midfield players available, name you think Morrissey and um, McCormick will start, and you think you know the obvious forward players will start. Who's the player to lose out if they have all their players available? Yeah, I think in the middle, if if they're playing a three, you're looking at um, three out of four. So it, it's uh, Buckley and um, Morrissey. Uh, Buckley didn't start on the last occasion, and they had uh, Conor McCormack next to next to Morrissey with with uh, McNamee in front in the midfield, and the, and then the top three uh, being Shepherd on the right, um, Sadler on the left, and Graham Cummins up top. So I'd say it's one of the midfield two, maybe. Either or either Buckley, Morrissey, or even McCormick. Um, he's not going to drop McCormick, though. You think? And he's no, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, no, he'll be kind of the holding guy. He's been, if if you were to ask me, he's probably been besides Shawnee McGuire, Cork City's best signing in the last three or four years. He's been absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and but but do they have like we were talking about the problem such as it is that Dundalk have with all these players? Do Cork actually have the squad if things get very ropey injury wise? They do. Yeah, they do. They've there's some good players on the bench um, to come in. Conor McCormick, I, I think John was unfortunate, as were all the clubs last week, in that he would have got a chance to use his his, his um, kind of guys who were who who make up the fifteen or sixteen good players last week and didn't get a chance to. Um, but he does; he has good players coming in, um, and like Dundalk have as well. In fairness, it'll be interesting to see what kind of team they put out. Um, I, I I don't think their team picks itself either. Um, I'm not sure. Is, is Stevie, are you injured here? No, <laughs> <laughs> not. You could you could ask. This that is that. one of the few yeah, weeks well, like injury free. Stevie O'Donnell comes back into the reckoning. You you have a very strong Dundalk team there potentially. So you know you kind of have to play Stephen O'Donnell for a game like this if he's fit. Do you not? Not well, ju- I'm he, not just saying that because he's here, but I mean I would think so. And and look, we won't embarrass Stevie and about telling him how, how good a player he is. Um, but but he, I think Stevie's been very important for that squad. But th- look, they they have a very competitive team, and it, as as you say, I'm sure Stephen Kenny will pick the team that he thinks w- will do the job on the day, and, and it'll be interesting to see how it turns out on, on Friday. You know, just to finish up, give us your prediction then, Neil. I would say a draw. I would say a draw. Hopefully, a score a draw, uh, maybe two all, um, and then it'll be interesting to see two all. That's a that's a big yeah, call. Yeah, two all, and I think Cork City with Shamrock Rovers back in Turners Cross on Monday, so. If you were a Cork fan, you'd be looking for four points, you know, um, yeah. and you'd be happy then going in. Even though last year the win record was unbelievable, they need to be sensible and just, you know, maybe a draw away from Dundalk. It actually is a very good result, but obviously they'll be going there looking for a win. Thanks for your time, Neil, and uh, looking forward to seeing you on the box on Friday. Very welcome. Thanks, guys. Cheers, Neil. Yeah, we, we, we went over this... Uh, it is true, though. I mean, the point he makes about the Rovers game, and I think Dundalk are in Pats on Monday, isn't it? And yeah, we Pats away on Monday. Like it's a like Dundalk Cork is such a huge game, and there's such a big attention, around it. and it can be probably quite a draining game. I can imagine a real sort of intense game that the teams are potentially vulnerable in the next match afterwards. You know, in, in a strange way that if you if you get too caught up in a particular game and the outcome of it, that you you can lose your focus. I guess so. It is a challenge for the mentality of the groups as well in terms of how you respond to the game. 
Yeah, definitely. I suppose you'd be used to playing such a big game, a week's build up into it, then you play it and then you have you've probably a week to come down and, yeah. and go up to a crescendo again for the following Friday where else um this this time around obviously both teams and sets of players, you know, have a big game Friday but then have to go again three days later. So it is it is something new. But again that's where I think uh, like a big squad, we were talking about our squad earlier, like that will help where, you know, lads, the manager might be able to see uh, in training on Sunday if a guy's jaded or what he put into the game on Friday. Yeah. And, you know, he'll have a lot more options this year than he would have had maybe if he if he, if he he senses someone, you know, put a massive shift in on the Friday. You know, he can bring, he'd like to think he can bring another player maybe in on the Monday and, and not weaken the, weaken the team, yeah. you know. So I think... For times like this, the big squad is crucial. As I said, then you have to go again. I think we've Waterford the next Friday. And then you're up to Derry, and then, then you're up it? to Derry the but following it's, Monday. So it's 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 a fine line then because if you get a bit of momentum as well too, if you're suddenly hitting a team that works, you probably don't want to. Yeah, that's the thing. That's that's another thing. But this is where um, good managers exactly. This is, this is where the managers exactly. earn their just, money just, these exactly. couple of weeks. You that, know? And and that poll we had, um, Dan, I, was it your uh, brainchild? I, I think yeah. I think just it just snow um, boredom. It was if you were bored in the snow, who would you first spend with uh, day traps in the company of pessimistic Holly Horgan? Got yeah, their mood is pre- their mood is predetermined. Angry Kenny Shields, fourteen percent. Now this one, restless John Caulfield, seventy percent. So I'm just thinking, John Caulfield for a game like Cork and Dundalk is like a Raven lunatic in the dressing room. I'd imagine he's all like, you know, let's you know, let's get you going. What is Kenny like? And in 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 advance of a game like this, where it's a Cork game, is he like, is he different to if you're playing Pats on a Monday? And I know he can adjust the occasion, but is he is he going to betray the fact that he knows that you're losing the head to heads the last year? Am I going to do something different here, or do I need to motivate them? No, I think uh, our manager he'd nearly be more he'd nearly be more intense in the week leading up to a training for a weaker team. Yeah, making sure everyone's on their toes and on their guard and not taking it for granted. Rather than see these games, motivational wise and all for players, they they look after themselves. You know what I mean? There's not going to be a player that's playing for either team on Friday that will need to be motivated and like, come on, we have a game to play. What about tactically though? Will he do much because you're playing Cork? Will he do much difference? Will he, will he have, you know, without giving away any secrets, will he, will he address this game differently? Obviously, no, but not differently because every week we address the opposition and their strengths and weaknesses and where we can, where we think we can exploit and Cork's no different. No different. Um, no, there's not much change now, um, really, to be honest. Uh, as I said, he'd be nearly more on his guard if we were playing one of the so-called weaker teams to make sure that everyone's no on their toes and realise it because it's obviously you hear it but it's three points for, for every game but um, as I said these these games motivationally wise and everything uh, look after themselves you know so um, you, there is a tendency from a player's point of view you know all this week you will be focused on Cork and, and, and you know you realise it's, it's a big game whereas the week can meander, like if you're playing a so-called uh, weaker team, and and then all of a sudden you have a game on Friday, and you might be in the in the right mental state. So that's where he he really fires it into you on the Monday, Tuesday, and the Thursday to get your head on. Like there's a game to be won here, so you know. Well, you, you got to be itching to play. I know it's not a a given or whatever that you start, but like this is the game that you really want to play in because you know how important it is, obviously. Ah, oh, yeah, of course. Look, I. I've got to a stage now where I'm sort of I'll be happy just to stay injury free and and contribute to whenever the manager sees fit. You know, um, previous years, um, you might be taking more selfish attitude in younger years of saying like I want to play and all. Whereas I've got to a stage now where my sole focus and aim is just uh, on Dundalk winning. You know, so you've changed your kind of well, kinda spiritual ha- mindset. I kind of have in in the sense of um, just where I am, and first and foremost, the injury free, and then um, secondly, you know, just whatever I can do to help sort of Dundalk win. Whereas a few years ago, you might have been well. All players are are, are selfish, selfish in a, in a way for your personal performance, and that uh, I've always classed myself as a as a very good team player, but. You'd still have that, uh, like, of a, from a selfish point of view. Whereas I think this year, would it will just from the injuries I've kind of had and that I just want to stay injury free and 
whenever the manager sees fit to play me or whatever, I just want to, um, you know, just contribute to helping Dundalk sort of reclaim the league. I mean, yeah. do you, do you, I mean have you had a discussion about that with the manager? No, or is no. it something that's just naturally, I mean, you're, no. you are the captain, so I guess that is part of your yeah. your brief, I suppose, in some ways. Uh, no, just I'm kind of, um, well, how would I, I don't know how I'd put it. My main focus now would be on just, Done doing anything for like for just Dundalk to to say win back the league this year and I won't be getting um you know I let the manager look after when he when he from his point of view when he sees fit to play me or or whatever so uh whatever I can do just to row in behind all the lads and that you know and um obviously get yourself in good shape so when when all the times you are called upon um and hopefully it'll be um. I'll be available for most games this season. I'll be ready and rearing to go. Have you been speaking? Have you had much interaction yourself with the the Americans, the the sort of the new owners? Or, I know they went probably to your training camp and stuff like that. Or uh, yeah, I met them just uh, at that time. They came to Spain and that, and they've been over. All of them were there. Was two of them in Spain, and all of them were over then. Um, don't know one of the mornings when we were training there three, around a month or so ago. So we all met them then, just shook hands and. Uh, that was it. I think there's a. I think they're coming over this weekend. I. I. I'm really? not sure. I yeah. think they might be. So, um, you know, there hasn't been extended conversations or that in depth. You know, they were sort of in and out, and we just greeted them. We greeted the whole squad and that. So, is there a sense of extra pressure about this? I mean, I don't know. Does is this something that maybe the manager, they are the other people more so feel? But you know how it's been perceived from outside. Well, they're coming in. They're going to want a quick return, and if not, there's going to be. There's going to be consequences here. I mean, is, is there any sense of that from, from your side of things? No, players haven't really talked about it at all. Look, all you can do as a player is uh, train professionally, treat yourself treat yourself right and, um, you know, try your best. That's all you can do. You know, if you, if you look after yourself, be professional, train right, do your best on a Friday, you know, what, uh, what more can you do? So there's no point in thinking about that and pressure and that. All you can do is, is do your best and... If it's good enough, it's good enough, and it's not, it's not. We're, we're going we're gonna to get to previews, and I also want to thank the guys who uh, participated in our very snow-laden, uh, bore, snow bore, boredom from the snow uh, relevant You're struggling polls. to get that sentence out. Actually, Stevie, but if any of your managers you could be trapped with in a house for a day, <laughs> you've, you've got, uh, there's only one manager you can be stuck with. Who is the choice now? Jeepers, I think they'd be more worried about being stuck with me. Ah, no, don't, um, be, don't be hard on yourself. Be worried about him going down the stairs and might get an injury or something. John like Hughes was good crack, Yogi. Falkirk, yeah, is he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've actually heard various things because he, he, uh, he got Anthony Stokes playing for him which obviously yeah. suggests he's got a bit of character about him to be able to, to do that. What, what, what was it about him, his management, that sort of uh, resonated? Uh, I don't know. He just, um, he was enthusiastic obviously and, um, you know, he just loved teams playing football and, uh, could be, could be, could have been said probably to a bit too much, you know, when you go to Fair Park or Mother, like Motherwell's pitch, and it's a bog, but he still wants everyone playing out from everywhere and all angles. So, uh, no, he's just a good character. Had um, you know, sort of infectious, real, enthusiastic, and another lad though. If you got in the wrong, you wouldn't like to get in the wrong, wrong side, side of him, him, you know. So he didn't say Sean Connor, just to be clear. He didn't. Um, um, that there's a surprise. I I did want to ask you, would you? ever countenance the notion of being a player manager uh, I know you're thinking of management at some stage would you be a player manager in the League of Ireland no you wouldn't I, I, I don't think player manager works doesn't work unless unless you're Robbie Keane unless you're 120% <laughs> sure that you're going to be the best player on the pitch every week and you're going to be able to like so you're going to sign for Go United <laughs> right and uh, <laughs> this is what it's all about well you no, can't be no, you can't be no, you that can't was a genuine be question, 34 and Obviously, not being able to get around the pitch, thirty four, thirty five, not being able to get around the pitch as much as you you used to, and you want your team, you know, the to to be closing players that like you just can't, you, can't, you can't have players, it, yeah. firing back at you saying, well, you know, you're not doing it. Just doesn't, yeah. it doesn't help. Dude like, did it, didn't he? Dude. And plus, as <laughs> yeah. if you went as a player manager, you'd be looking after yourself first and foremost on the pitch. You wouldn't be thinking the best interest of the team, even on the pitch. Say if I was playing midfield as a player manager, I'd be wanting my other two midfielders to to in tight to me, you know, to do a yeah. bit of my I think run. in fairness, Tim Clancy said something similar that yeah. it wasn't. Well, but Fenland basically tried to do it and then just mm. was, was advised, Nipped no, in the boat. it's not going to work. Now, Doolan obviously did it, but I'd say Doolan was probably telling the lads around him that they weren't doing enough. <laughs> anyway, he was, he was showing them how it was. But yeah. it, it's, it's, it's down to the personality, but I'd imagine... 
I just in don't this think league, it works. It could be difficult. I think and, in any league, I just yeah. don't. And, and, and also, very quickly, because we have to go through the previews, how much of a help is it for the prospective coach now that there are all these underage teams coming through where you have a chance potentially at your own club to manage under 13, 15, 17, or 19, or even be an assistant there or something? Yeah, definitely. Because it must be an yeah, incentive. It anyway. opens a lot more uh, avenues for you to be able to do your sort of. Your groundwork, as you say, do in, your, in, in the engine yeah, room, do like. your apprenticeship. Uh, you know, it's uh, at at professional and professional setups, and mm. you know, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely, um, you know, going to open more pathways for young Irish coaches. Preview time, Dan. Preview time, yeah. We'll probably we'll leave Stevie out of giving a prediction on the Dark Cork. I think to be even fair. the other games because he's very, he's very yeah. politically safe. As yeah, well. I think I don't want oh, we're playing Pats on Monday. I can't predict against. He's playing him. all of these teams yeah. in the next two weeks, is, probably because the. the I can't be. If you're a player, you bring you him in on the race and post preview, and he just gives all this like, oh, they're all great, you know, and so are we, and you know, everyone. Yeah, yeah, if you're then a player, put, you can't be given predictions. And then, no. and then he turns the microphone off, and he's like, he's yeah. crap. He's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're brutal. But 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 it's more importantly, I I I hockeyed you there in week two at four. 4-1 or 4-2 on the prediction uh, front 4-2 I think anyway was. I'm 5-3 ahead, three ahead. let's start against Bowes and Pats game I, I'll, I'll be at that game you'll be at the game I won't um, be at any game at all because I'm at a wedding on Friday yeah that's which disappointing is, which is uh, Donald Gaboyle you know he's a GEA man really to be yeah. honest um, real, really challenging situation here to be missing a Dundalk Cork game because of the wedding well, I mean I, I hope he's a good day you know Jenny best of luck with it all bring the laptop but why have you done this go to the Jacks um, for an extended time <laughs> that, the laptop. There, there could be a, a long Bose. a long. I departure. went to my cousin's uh, wedding in Lithuania and watched Galway United Dundalk the entire game when we beat you just after uh, yeah 1-0 the boy Vinnie Farty um, and that was very enjoyable but in, in genuinely they were not happy with me well I yeah, I, I left a, a wedding to watch the Waterford and Dog playoff, the the Michael Rafter game that effectively mm, changed the course of history, a lot of careers effectively. Mm. By if the Dog had lost that night, and uh, yeah, like when you're away for ten minutes, it's like might be in the toilet twenty. Might be doing something might that be he in shouldn't toilet, be in the toilet. In a bad way. And then 30 it, might be doing something that he's, well, 30, whatever. the food could have been dodgy. And then yeah, 40 could have been dead. Yeah. No, he's watching Dundalk and Waterford. Uh, 45, he's just a prick. I think yeah. you know, that's basically the problem. I think you're going to you're more, you're gonna go down that route if you, you know, and Boiler's a good mate of yours. You know, I would he won't be, care. There's loads of people there. He's, he's, yeah. he's invited half of everyone he's played with, I think, in GEA history. So the strength in numbers. But anyway, Bowes and Pats. Um, yeah, I, I haven't seen Bowes in the flesh yet, um, and you saw Pats against against Cork the opening day. Um, yeah, like Bowes just seemed to. Okay, they lost at home to Derry. They missed a late penalty with Owen Stokes, who we mentioned earlier on. But they've been competitive in all their matches. Pats just had that defeat away to Waterford, and uh, I, I I actually think there's a there's a draw in this one. I'm not going to dwell too much on these predictions because I'm probably going to lose to you anyway. Uh, I'm going to go for a draw. Don't be defeated. Oh, I'm not being defeated. I actually don't really believe I'm that. I'm going to go for so, an, uh, an away win. Stevie doesn't, can't give us a prediction, but for, from what one. you've seen, you haven't played against either side so far, but your sense of Bows and Pats this year, the Dublin teams. Yeah, I think uh, Bows, I, I, they'd be a great squad to have. I think they always give their... Um, they always give 100% the players, their squad, they're, they're never easy to play against. You know, they're... They work very hard, and um, they'll always they'll always give their give their all for you as a team. You know, it's it's a team that I would you know I'd have a lot of kind of respect yeah. for you know in that sense. And um, yeah, they've good characters. They're great characters there, and Bows are going to be competitive. They're always they're going to be hard to beat at Daly Mount, and you know I think Bows Bows will have quite a decent season. Yeah, and um, Pats are always good football inside. You know, so it's. You're pulling out all the cliches against uh, you. Interesting to see what the pitch would be. I don't but know. they are, but they, I, I, they, think, they, they I think are. the start could... Uh, Pat the start could, know, could dictate yeah, the season. Yeah. Mm. We, we really need to last yeah, shoes. Limerick Bray, but, um, okay, two sides. Like, they were both hammered last time out, Limerick Bray. I'm just hearing now, a lot of time and this is well com- complete hearsay, I'm hearing that um, the morale isn't great already in Bray. Now, Limerick, in fairness, they got hockeyed in, in, against you guys, but I think I'd have more faith in them than Bray. I, I'm home win here. Yeah, I mean, Limer- I thought Bray were a disgrace L- against Rovers. Limerick, um, the disgrace ah, is, is strong. They, they gave up, just gave up, and even though they played defensively, they just they basically conceded. Now, once, once, they, once they conceded the goal to start second half, they like, that was the end of them. And still have but as players. I said, there was a couple of unhappy players coming off. The boy Coughlin as well from Limerick, he's gone back to a team that wouldn't sign him or seemingly had no interest in him. And now he's playing for Bray. He showed great flashes actually in the yeah. Rovers game. And Limer- be interesting. Limerick against the Dot, they did. They were down a few bodies. They played a couple of younger lads, and I think they almost they, half they, conceded. They, they, they were they. 
they had an eye on games coming down the yeah. tracks in, in some ways. Um, I, I don't know. The Brace still have a lot of experienced bodies there. And we need a prediction. I'll go for, I'm going to go for another draw. This is actually another two draw. draws. Sligo win. Rovers Waterford. Um, Waterford in good form. Started well. They're going to have a good season. Um, I, I don't know. I, I actually just wondering about Sligo really that they okay, they got the win against Derry. They lost the home to Limerick in the opening day. Um, and then they were taken apart by Cork very easily. That I'm, I'm, I'm wondering again how good they they are, or do they have limitations? Um, I know Morgan scored; they got a goal against Derry, but you know it was a bit of a scrappy one. I'm scrappy not, goal. I'm just not sure if they. Uh, I'd be, I'd be surprised if Waterford went there and lost. Um, Can we get a prediction? Uh, I'm not going to go for a draw. I'm gonna go, let's go for an away win as a, a bit of a surprise. I'm going for a home win here, but again, not confident. Um, Dundalk against Cork I'm going to go for a draw in this City. game. Dundalk, uh, Cork is a draw. Dundalk, yeah, I, I I just think Cork have a more settled side at the moment. We'll see. I'm interested to see what way Dundalk approach it. They've had a bit of time to prepare for it, I guess. And, you know, there was an argument speaking to people the night of the Limerick game that there was players who needed another match and the, the new players are coming in. But maybe... You know, a week to prepare to got that friendly game in for some of the guys who were short of minutes. It could be beneficial, but I think Cork are further down the line. So I'd be very surprised if Cork were to lose the game. So I'm going to go for a draw. Away win. Away uh, win. Shamrock Rovers against he's, he's Derry. Got, he's gone. You've gone full Cork now. This uh, is, at the moment. Stevie, Stevie is shaking his head now. I do, I do think the, the, the boy O'Donnell kind of needs to start this game. And that's no slight on the other lads. I just think it's But yeah, I, I just... Yeah, I, I I think in the context of what Neil said, it's interesting. I think a, I mean, a draw wouldn't be a disastrous result for Cork either in the circumstances. It wouldn't be for the Dock either. Or the Dock, I don't think but, so. But seven points behind if they lose, to me, is at this stage, it's already a bit of a gap. Yeah. Because Cork don't look like they're going to drop a lot of points. No. I know you said, Stevie, there are a lot of competitive games, but there probably are a lot of uncompetitive games even so. Like... I, I'm going for the way win, but I, I actually I'm fascinated by this game and um, Ro- Rovers against Rovers Derry is interesting because Derry had a really good record against Rovers last year and then still ended up finishing. Behind Was this them. one of the games Kenny Shields of the four he thought they wouldn't win any of them um, because he said he, he no could, this would be the fifth game of the season the so, they, so they could start winning. So now. He's, he actually has predicted a, a result yeah. in this game because yeah. they were going to lose the first four <laughs> and then go to Tala. Um, yeah, again, it's a bit like the. I was at both the Rovers and the Dock games where they hammered opposition, but was it more about them or more about the opponents? You know, very much so. Say, yeah. What did it say about them? Um, I mean, I think that was a big win for Derry and Tala, or sorry, in Daily Mount. But yeah, I, I, I thought Rovers. Now, I think Sean Cavanagh is going to do, going to be a very good sign, and his quality. You like him through. Yeah, I like him, and he can play in a number of positions as well. Um, they had Trevor Clark back, which was a you know it's a big factor suspension wise. Uh, Brandon Mila scored a couple of goals. Uh, may, maybe a home win here. Maybe a home win. Tough but games to predict, aren't it, they? they? This this is a, this is a good round of fixtures because mm. you've got Limerick, Limerick Bray, Bray, the Dark Cork. Cork. You've got a lot of the, rest of the, the battles middle. you can expect across the season in this game. I. Yeah, I go for a Rovers home win sort of tentatively I, enough. Derry have got three big games in the Brandy Bell coming up yeah, next week, and that's I'm going to go for an away win, just on the basis that um, they may have gotten a bit of confidence from um, basically winning a game. I think Derry have so much talent in the team; wouldn't trust them, um, wouldn't trust them at all. But I think they'd like playing in Tala. Yeah, and they're a bit like yourself, Derry. They're sort of talented, enigmatic. Like on a good day, they can be brilliant. Yeah. On a bad day, first division, anyway. all over the shop. Cabin Tealy against Cove, uh, UCD versus Galway. A long way to return to Belfield for Galway United fans. So, so long away that you're March. not going. Yeah, I, I should be going to that game, but it was offered a bit of work and money overall. Um, Finn Harps versus Shetland Bank. Finn Harps uh, finally get to play a game against Shells at home. Uh, Longford against Wexford, which will be interesting, and Drada finally get Drada on, on Sunday. Sunday. They'll have the the cars without the, the lights, pitch, just in case the lights are going. Um, but that was uh, week uh, season two, episode four. And uh, you're, you're in Cheltenham next week. I am in Cheltenham. Uh, oh, we're to... a, a big big week ahead on the old GG front as well. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. Will um, will you get a chance to watch some of the racing? Yeah, we're training in the morning, so hopefully watch most days then in the afternoon. Mm. So uh, yeah, looking forward. And you're particularly looking forward to watching Horsewise. Uh, I think if they say if Duvan's back back to his near his best, Duvan against Altior, I think will be what a race that'll unbelievable be. Unbelievable race, yeah. Dan, it's it's going to be a great old week on the horsey front. It is. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, 
busy week on the football front as well. It really you know, is like, with yeah. games on the Monday and Friday. And where are you going to be on the Monday? Monday. Not entirely sure yet. Might be might be Pats and Dundalk on Monday actually, but not entirely sure where I'm going on Monday. Monday just yet, or the Friday, because you sort of need to see how the, the, the couple of results go, mm. and then that's dictated what's the biggest game. You know that week. You could have a situation where the Dundalk Waterford on the Friday is, you know. Second v third or something like that, you know. So we'll just see how it how it pans out. But if, um, if if it's your wedding in November, right? Would you be pissed off if one of the guests like brought a laptop and watched a game of football, or would you understand it? Totally understand it. Yeah, what a man. Yeah, I think that just says it I all. Really. I'd actually have more respect. I'm I'd the say same. A man after my own heart. <laughs> I'm the same. And the, absolutely. Obviously, you wouldn't be watching it yourself at the top table. That could be slightly problematic. <laughs> wouldn't totally rule it out. <laughs> Stephen Kenny wouldn't. I don't know. Um, yeah, well, anyway, yeah, we lo- we might have you on for the end season. We'll have you, uh, we, yeah, plans, and we might have you on next week. We have to figure out the logistics of. Yeah, like, I think, uh, I think, I think so. Yeah, um, obviously that's all ahead of us, but we have to wrap up uh, today. And listen, thanks, thanks very much for listening, and uh, thanks for coming on, CV. Yeah, thanks for having me, and um, best of luck on Friday. Just hope, you, look, we all hope you just get a good run. Uh, no more than Johnny's on Levy, just uh, get yeah. a bit of a run of. Um, I suppose games free, games really. they're called yeah and uh, make sure to tune in on Friday for the big game on Air Sports and uh, talk to you hopefully next week but there are limits to your life